What's up, alien fans? Anchor Pete here, and I am joined from two of my co-hosts from my two other channels. We got Danny, Dr. Zayas, G-O-D over there. And down below, we have Mr. Brian, coarse hair, uh, from the Ramblings from the Rod Pod channel. And he's with his son, Brandon. How's it going, Brandon? Good. Awesome, man. And you guys, you guys like shaved your faces and your heads, right? Because we want to be like the prisoners from Fury 161? Oh, yeah. Brandon, do you, do you want to cut your hair like the prisoners in Alien 3? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, perfect. Uh, Danny, I know you shaved your face over there. I, I'm the only one that went full baldy, Yeah, huh? you went uh, full Ripley in Alien 3, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so today is actually Alien Day when we're releasing this video. It's uh, April 26th, 426. And so on all three channels, we're talking about alien content. On the Anchor Pete channel, Sherry T and I are reviewing Alien, the first one, in depth. On Ramblings from the Rod Pod, the channel I have with Brian, I'm doing a review of uh, the book Bug Hunt, which is an alien's book. And then today, in here, we are ranking every single alien movie and the Alien versus Predator movies in one shot. So, Brian, do you want to tell us uh, what our fourth critic over there has done? So, yeah, so um, my son is five, and, uh, you know, against my better judgment, I let him, I, I rewatched most of the Alien movies that we're talking about today in the last three days. Uh, so Brandon has now seen Aliens 1 through 3 and Alien vs. Predator and, and Requiem. Oh, um, man. Which, you know, they're all R-rated, or I, one of them might be PG-13. Um, there was a lot of cursing. Uh, I had him close his eyes a few times, but were you scared at all, bud? No. See, he's a very brave boy. Tough guy. Nice. Okay. Out of the movies that you watched, what was the your favorite one? The number two. Number two, and why did you like number two? Because there was a queen, and and there was Faith Hogarth, and there was so many aliens. There's so many aliens, right? Yeah. I like the aliens. Yeah. You did. And, and what did we get in the mail today, buddy? You want you want to show everybody what we got in the mail? We got these cool alien figures. They were like, "Yeah, show them a little closer, bud." Yeah, man. Hold so on. Like a marine, an alien. Do nice and slow, Brandon. Nice and slow. Nice and slow. So everybody can. Oh, wrong way. Um, yeah. They were like, like at Walmart, and they're actually kind of cool. It's like they remind me of like the cheap toys that we got when we were kids. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're getting a blue one. Yes, we're getting another blue one, and they make a queen too, and it's it's pretty cool. They're like oh. black and purple. Yes, yes, All different colors. Brandon, what color are they in the movies? Black. Yeah. Good. Thank you for coming on here and giving your opinion, and don't uh, don't blame me when you're older and you have nightmares. <laughs> So what we're going to do today is we're going to go through all the Alien movies, and we're going to go through them in chronological order. We're going to go all the way from the most recent Alien movie to the oldest Alien movie. Because I have some kind of theory, guys, that on the top of our rankings might be the earliest Alien movies. I don't know. I, I think that in doing a franchise ranking of... It, it's funny. I think it's like Alien, uh, Jurassic Park and terminator after you get past part two of any of those franchises there's this grand canyon-esque gap <laughs> between part two and the rest of the franchise and that doesn't necessarily mean the rest of the franchise is, is bad it's just that there was such a high standard set by the initial films in those franchises 
Yes. Absolutely. Thousand percent agree. Yeah. So that's the reason why we're going from the most recent, which some people might think maybe is the worst, to the original, which some might think is the best. And so uh, we're going to take turns, and I'm the one that draws the short stick and got Covenant. It came out in 2017, and it was directed by Rid Ridley Scott, who directed the first Alien movie. Um, and just a little backstory, the people that wrote it, you had John Logan, who was the screenwriter for Gladiator, and he also wrote Hugo, and he wrote Aviator. So he's written movies that have been nominated for Best Picture. Um, I think actually all of those have been nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Then uh, it was also written by Michael Green, who he wrote Logan, and he wrote uh, Blade Runner 2049. So those are two of my favorite kind of genre movies, too. Um, but then with that being said, even though it's directed by Ridley and it's written by these two guys, it it, it seems almost like a B movie to me. And um, it is beautiful, just like Prometheus, but it just kind of feels like they're trying to get gross alien kills into a beautiful Ridley Scott filmed movie. And I don't think that it's as ambitious as Prometheus. The strong point of the movie is that Michael Fassbender's in it. He plays two roles. Anytime you get more Fassbender, the better. And um, I feel like Michael Fassbender in these prequel movies is like the good thing that they bring to the franchise. What do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, I would definitely agree that Fassbender is a highlight of those two prequel movies. Yeah. And so um, with David, you know, he plays David Eight, which in uh, this movie, in Covenant, there's a little uh, prologue with him and uh, Wayland. I think it's uh, Peter Wayland is, uh, what's his face? Um, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, yeah, he's Peter Wayland. And so that little scene was like beautifully shot. But of course, like anything that really Scott does is like a fucking painting in a movie, right? And so that sequence when David is first uh, turned online, and he's talking with Peter Whalen. Like, that's probably the best scene in the whole movie, I think. And then the end, the very last scene. So, like, the prologue and the epilogue are really good. Because the epilogue of the movie is really chilling. So, um, by the way, we should tell you guys that it's spoilers for all the Alien movies. So, if you haven't watched them, go watch them. They're all in one day with a five-year-old boy. But watch it with you. Wait, let's preface. Watch it with your little boy. Don't just yes. go out and find the... <laughs> Yes. It's a hey, 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 little kid, you want to go watch Aliens? Yeah. Want to see a face header? I rank this as number six out of eight movies for me. So it's not the bottom of my list. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're almost on the same page here. I have it at number seven, and it's easily, for me, the worst of the standalone Alien films. And that includes Prometheus, of course, because this is a sequel. I feel like, I feel like Prometheus is a very flawed film but it has very big ideas. And I think Ridley Scott was kind of, I don't want to use the word bullied because he's Ridley freaking Scott, but I feel like a lot of people were like, well, how come there was no like Xenomorph in it? I thought, I thought Prometheus was supposed to be a prequel, but there was no Z and he was like, fine, fine. I I'll just give you, I'll give you what you want, which is the Xenomorph. And the Xenomorph will do some Xenomorph killing. And then the thing that will forever stick out to me in this movie is the most oddly timed and most out-of-nowhere shower scene ever. 
<laughs> yeah. Like yeah. most of the time in a horror movie or in, in some kind of thriller film, they put the shower scene either at the beginning to kind of titillate the audience, no pun intended, or they put it right after like the inciting incident where we know there's a killer and it's like, okay, somebody's in the shower and they're going to get killed in the shower. You know, Friday the 13th has this down to a science. This movie puts the shower sequence in like the final act of the movie. <laughs> and it's so bizarrely placed and it's like, wait, they're having shower sex now? Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. yeah it's, it's funny too I, is because this is it's the only one where they actually kind of show it in, in the movie. Like no other movies do they actually show any anything on the screen. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and and the other the only other thing I'll say, and again, this is more uh, again kind of tying into Prometheus. One of my favorite things about Prometheus, aside from Michael Fassbender, who is for always awesome, was the Elizabeth Shaw character, and yeah. this movie does her real dirty, yeah. like off-screen kill. Like, it, well, if, if you it, were coming, they've done that before, obviously. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but not a first. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like the first time you make, in a franchise, the first time you make a mistake, you could always say, well, we didn't know how this was going to go. When you make the same mistake the second time, it's The Amazing Spider-Man 2. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 made every one of the same mistakes that Sam Raimi's original Spider-Man 3 made, only it did them somehow even worse. And you're yeah. like, how did you, like, that movie exists and everybody hates it. <laughs> How did you just do that again? Like yeah. if somebody came out and was like, all right, the next Batman movie is going to be just like Batman and Robin. We'd be oh, like, what oh, the thank fuck? You. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that, the, the, the done dirty of Elizabeth Shaw also uh, annoyed me a lot. I don't like this movie at all, pretty much. If you couldn't wow. tell. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that you say that, Dan. That was a really good point about, like, hey, we have proof that people don't like these choices, and yet they still make them, and they made it with this movie. The trailer for this movie, for Covenant, dropped on Christmas Day. Do you guys remember that? Oh, wow. I don't remember that, now. Yeah, yeah. It dropped on Christmas Day, and it was a Red Band trailer, super graphic, horrible stuff right in the trailer. Like, some of the worst stuff you see in the movie is in that trailer. And I remember that, like, the internet was buzzing with it because they're like, holy shit. Look at this alien movie. And so I was going to ask you guys, you know, Danny is a big horror guy. Brian, as like, you're, you're kind of very similar to me, like with sci-fi and Transformers and shit. Do you go to an alien movie because you want to see graphic kills? Or do you go to an alien movie because of the sci-fi aspect to it? Um, for me, it's absolutely the sci-fi aspect. I, I'm just a huge sci-fi fan, and that's why I kind of gravitated toward these movies uh in in general and that was gonna be a big part of my little speech about prometheus but um yeah it, it it's the, the kills are cool and i feel like you know what danny said before that um you know ridley scott made this beautiful movie and then people wanted uh you know alien kills and they didn't get it it's like oh here have it and it's like the same thing with like superman returns and man of steel it's like superman returns had like zero fighting people wanted fighting they added it and people still hated it you know yeah um <laughs> But uh, this this movie was not as, as good. Um, I actually ranked it at number five out of eight. Um, so really? really close. And I ranked it all. I only ranked it at five because it. I I do love Prometheus a lot. 
uh, and even though it is flawed, uh, and it does sort of follow up on it, but I was kind of disappointed by it overall in the sense that it didn't give me the story that I wanted. I wanted to see where Elizabeth and David went, and they kind of alluded to it and gave me something totally different. So. Yeah. Throughout this movie, the, the design is beautiful. The, the way the planet looks, the creatures look awesome. Um, the alien is probably the best it's ever looked. And it's like CGI, but it, it like looks like a real living creature. Like When we talk about other installments, we're probably going to see some kind of poor CGI. I think this has really good, realistic alien CGI where it can like fully move around. Yeah, I, Covenant does little to pique my interest. Just to answer the question you said, though, do, do I go for, like, sci-fi or for the kills? Oh, yeah. The, the, the thing about the Alien movies is, and we'll talk uh, probably more about this when we get to the first two movies, is it's the stories and the characters, really. Good, like, good answer. It, it, the, the first two movies, like, there's very few movies where you meet a crew of space marines, and they all have such amazing individual personalities that you remember their names 30 years later. Oh, yeah. And so that and like I just rewatched like Alien Three, and it's like even like there, there's there's David, there's Michael Fassbender, there's Elizabeth Shaw, and then there's like a bunch of characters that exist only to be munched by uh, aliens. So <laughs> yeah, I think we are up to now 2012's Prometheus. Yeah. So Brian, sure. that's you, right? Yeah, so I mean, I uh, I think I might disagree with a, a little bit here, but I I absolutely love this movie. It is absolutely a flawed movie. There are absolutely some stupid character decisions, but I I love it as a space movie, as we were just talking about. It's it's you, you could almost remove the alien out of it, and I would still enjoy the movie, you know. Um, and I I do think I do feel um it, you know in disagreement with Danny there a little bit. I do think the characters weren't too bad. I, I feel like I did remember them, some more of them, and I remember their names better than I did in some of the other movies. I mean, and the cast in this movie is, like, star-studded, you know? Uh, we talked about uh, Shaw, which is Nomi Rapace. Uh, we talked about Michael Fassbender. But we didn't mention Idris Elba, Charlize Theron, Guy Pearce. Uh, <laughs> this this is like a sta- – this is probably the most stacked cast this franchise has had, you know? Yes. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's – it, it's a film and that asks a lot of big questions and doesn't really answer them. And I had always hoped that we would get answers more of them, uh, more of those questions they asked. You know, where do we come from? You know, why are we here? Well, why did these uh, engineers turn on us? You know, we, we never we never hear about that. And I, I wanted those questions answered. So uh, I actually ranked this movie fairly high um, at number three, believe it or not. And uh, I'm assuming you guys are going to disagree with that heavily. Uh-oh. Well, you know what, Danny? You got to watch out, man, because Brian and I actually share, like, a hive mind. We actually have, like, a connection. Uh, I'm, Prometheus is three for me, too. So, oh, nice. Take I'm that, not... Danny. <laughs> so, yeah, this is uh, easily my bottom mo- No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's, it's actually right. too- I, I actually struggled between putting this four between four and five. Okay. Um, and, and I'm going to make a comparison here and, and feel free to make fun of this comparison. To me, Prometheus is like the Star Wars sequels. There are phenomenal jaw-dropping moments in this movie that stay with me, that I love, that I think are some of the best moments of the entire franchise. There's... Surgery there's, scene. <laughs> what? 
Mm. These surgery scenes. Oh dear lord! Yeah, for, I mean, for one, definitely. Um, there's so many gorgeous shots in this movie. Uh, the cinematography and 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 Ridley Scott's direction is is fantastic. But I feel like, with like the Star Wars sequels, the sequel trilogy, sometimes those great moments don't always they kind of live separated from a great overall film. And, mm -hmm. I, and, and, and like you said, there are, there are so many flaws in this movie, in, in the logic, in the explanations, uh, in some of the characters. I mean, we're all still wondering why the hell Charlie Theron didn't just zigzag <laughs> uh, or, or why the genius space, uh, you know, outer space astronauts, took their helmets off inside of like an alien ship and started right. playing with worm. Like Jesus Christ guys. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, 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 I'm still, even now while I'm on with you struggling, like I actually did like that arrow where I like, I, where I wanted to flip movies four and five. I had Prometheus right. fifth, but then the more we're talking about it, I think I kind of want to move it up to fourth. Uh, so I'm not very far behind you guys, but like I said, there's, you guys are going to laugh your asses off at me. And uh, and if we get comments on this video, they're going to be directed at me when I tell you my number three movie. So I'll save that for later. But uh -oh. my number, this is about, I'll give it number four. I, I, okay. I want to be closer to your hive mind. So I'll, I'll make this number four. <laughs> now we're going to move on to what I'm hoping other people is going to say is another turd. And the reason why I'm saying it's a turd is because it's so dark. It's like one of those turds after you eat some food you're not supposed to eat. And it's just so dark, you can't even see anything, right? And I'm talking about the wonderful, I'm sorry, uh, what do you call it, the Brothers Strauss, but I'm talking about Alien vs. Predator Requiem. I ranked it as my number eight. It is my yes. least favorite of all yes. these movies. Of course, of course okay, it's okay, okay. All right, I so, definitely saw this in the theater, and I, I'm not sure what I saw because nobody could see anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I distinctly remember at the time I sort of defended this movie a little bit because I didn't hate it, but re-watching everything, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? This is the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. So so here's the thing, right? We gave our answers for why we like alien movies. And I said the sci-fi aspect, Brian, you said the sci-fi aspect. Danny had a great answer. He said the uh, the characters, right? And none of us said the kills. This movie feels like that was their number one priority, was the kills. And the sci-fi aspect is maybe secondary. And the characters, here's my question for you. Name one character from this movie. That's not a fucking alien or anything, like a, a human. Uh, I will name one, Dallas, because there was another character named Dallas in another movie. Oh, <laughs> That's the only reason I remember it. That's okay. fucking cheating. <laughs> That's uh, I, Dallas but, but I literally watched that th today, and that's all I remember out of it. I was going to say, I don't Michelle even Gessler remember. I don't remember her character's name in the movie, but I remember, I remember that was Michelle Gessler from 24. I, wow. I can't tell you a single actor in this movie. I can't tell you who wrote it or directed it. You said the Strauss brothers. The I, Strauss brothers. Yeah. I I just rewatched Alien versus Predator, and I remember, no matter what your feelings of that movie are, the last literal scene in that movie, when you look at uh, the, you know, not to jump far too far ahead, but the the chestburster comes out and it's a pred alien, and I remember thinking, holy shit, that is going to be really cool, 
And then going into Alien versus Predator uh, Requiem, I was super excited because I wanted to see what a Predator alien looked like. And it, I don't understand, I'll never understand how this movie made it to the theaters the way it was. Like, didn't they watch it? And didn't somebody tell everybody, like, hey, guys, we can't see anything. <laughs> like, the audience is going to want to see something. Yeah. And, like, also, like, I actually never saw the new, uh, the Predator movies are different from the Alien movies. The Predator movies, going back to Predator 2, was set, um, yeah, I, what am I talking about? Predator 1 was on Earth. Predator right. 2, though, was in was in a big city, was in LA. LA, yeah. So, like, the Alien movies had never been in, uh, on Earth before. Right. And, yeah. like, Alien 3 was supposed to be on Earth, uh, and they actually had trailers that were like, this time, Alien comes home, which it never did. Right. And it just, like, I don't think the Alien style of film, like, the, the movies in the Alien franchise, I don't think they work on Earth. Alien vs. Predator was also on Earth. Oh, yeah, 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 right. Well, right. It, but it was, it, it yes, not, it was Antarctica. It yeah, was, like, it isolated. It feel like Earth, though. Yeah, exactly. It, it had a very isolated setting. It This was, like, in, like, rural America. Yeah, I um, I felt this movie was, like, a generic slasher movie that just happened to have an alien coat of paint, alien predator coat of paint on it. Um, And I was so disappointed. Like, the concept of a pred alien is awesome. You know, like you said, that was one of the most exciting things out of Alien vs. Predator. Right. And they just totally failed miserably. And I, I just don't want to see a sci-fi movie on Earth. I want to see space stations. I want to see weird planets, even though everything we're seeing is technically a shot of someplace on Earth anyway. Like Prometheus was – was uh, all the outside shots was Iceland. So, right. um, you know, I, I realize that we're not actually seeing another planet, but I want to think it's another planet. I don't want to think it's a town. I don't want there to be dumb, like – teenage kids and, and they're just doing dumb teenage stuff yeah uh, there's thousands of other movies for that and this is just not for it yeah very, very good point yeah Danny, i think probably the reason one of the reasons why they made it so dark is because they the brothers strauss they were actually like special effects artists and before they became directors and they've only directed one of the other feature besides this which is the movie skyline which is another like alien horror movie mm-hmm. right and so one of their goals was to have as many practical effects in this movie as possible and reduce the amount of um, CGI. So, like, even when there's shots with, like, a whole bunch of alien elements in it, they still had to have practical effects in there. I'm assuming that that's why they made it so dark is because they want to, like – because, like you're saying, like, setting the alien on Earth, it really makes the alien stand out and it looks more like a guy in a suit. And so I think that's probably why they overcompensated with the darkness. It still doesn't give it a good excuse for – just characters that don't even matter like and one thing i remember from when i saw it was that there was like a ripley like just rip off right essentially and uh i had to like look up her name i had to look up any of the characters names but um she was played by Ryko aylesworth and her name was kelly o'brien and she was essentially like a ripley she had a daughter and she had to keep her safe during this invasion um one last thing i was going to say about this movie too is that i think it has the most disturbing thing in this franchise yeah, they crossed a few lines in this movie, I think. It crossed a few lines? Yeah, yeah. Because to me, that whole sequence where the Pred Alien reproduces by, like, shitting eggs down a pregnant woman's mouth, you know, down her throat, just, ugh, horrible. I don't want to see that. And then the fact that fucking, like, alien 
pop out of the pregnant woman's belly. Just oh god. And not to mention too, uh, the you know the, the very opening scene when the when the the ship first class crashes. Um, there's a father and son hunting, and they yeah. not only kill the father, but they they kill the son too. I'm like that's like. It's it a little too much, but the, the the pregnant woman thing was a bit worse, I think. We now move on to 2004's Alien versus Predator. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna lay it out there. I love this movie. I stand this movie. This is my number three. I know. I love AVP. Uh, I just rewatched it on HBO Max, and. I'm gonna say it holds up because I always liked it. I know a lot of I know people um, crap on this movie all the time. To me, um, when you're making, I mean, we live in the modern era of the versus movies. We've seen Batman v Superman and Godzilla versus Kong in the last several years, and I will take AVP over both of those movies so many times. This movie came out a year after Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason delivered on the final fight between them. It delivered an amazing, like still in awe of that final fight between them. But everything up to there involving any human character was, is, is so unwatchable in Freddy versus Jason. Alien versus Predator, I think actually is a better movie because it lives up to the aliens versus, versus Predator action you get at least three great fight scenes between aliens and predators. Um, the story that sets the, the, the action, I actually think is pretty good. And so Lance Henriksen plays um, Wayland and he leads a mission of all these like experts. So you have Sanaa Lathan is like a, an ice climber. Uh, and this is in Antarctica, as we said earlier. You have a, a group of like people who are pyramid are archaeologists who who know everything about pyramids. Uh, you have military guys, of course. Uh, you have tech guys. They're, they're all there together, and you know whoever wins, we lose. I thought it was a great catchphrase for this movie. Right. I love I I love the pyramid structure. I love the way it's like ever changing and they keep getting dropped into new rooms. I love the sacrificial chamber stuff and how it sets up and, and the aliens predator fights are awesome. They kick ass. Uh, I just, maybe it's recency bias. I literally watched this right before my doctor's appointment this afternoon, man, I, I always love this movie and that extra bonus of, the, uh, the Predator teaming up with Sanaa Lathan and, like, giving her the mark of, like, you killed an alien and then making her weapons out of the alien dead body to fight. Love that stuff. Yeah, I I know people hate this movie, but I stand it. I can't help it. <laughs> no, Danny, it's all good, man. I actually have it as my number four. So, uh, um, what is it, Paul W.S. Anderson? Paul W.S. Anderson. Yeah. This is... Before he just decided, I'm going to make Resident Evil movies for my wife. Um, he, you know, he gets a lot of shit, but he did, you know, the first Mortal Kombat, which I think we all kind of still like in a guilty pleasure way. He yep. did Event Horizon, which I know, Pete, you and I love. Brian, yeah, I love sure you do too. And then he, you know, he dabbles in and out of like sci-fi and horror and action. 
And this is like the perfect movie for his wheelhouse. It's a little bit of action. It's a lot of action. It's a lot of sci-fi. It's a lot of horror. And you go to this movie for aliens fighting predators. To me, you get aliens fighting predators. The human characters aren't totally stupid. They're there for a legitimate reason. Yeah, I like it. I actually have this ranked as number seven. And Whoa. I did that. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me finish here. I did that because, and this is something we didn't really bring up, is that these the Alien vs. Predator movies no longer fit within the Alien storyline, overall timeline. So that did factor into me making that a little bit lower. As a standalone movie, I would probably put this up at five because there are some great things about it. Like Danny said, the um, – the, the, the alien versus predator fights are very satisfying. Although I was a little bummed out that one alien takes out two predators in like the first fight. <laughs> yeah, like, really? yeah, um, yeah. But, and uh, and the um, the story is fantastic. The plot and the setting is great. I I felt the the human characters were kind of extra forgettable in this movie. Mm. Um, I, I I I didn't really remember anybody's name at all in this movie. Wow, and I watched it today. Uh, outside of outside of Lance Hendrickson, because you know um, you, you can't mistake him for anything, right? Uh, right. But, but he, he it it can't it can't fit in with with Prometheus and and Covenant. It, this these movies cannot fit in the timeline anymore. Okay. Uh, but and and as a counterpoint to I, I I did I didn't totally like uh, you know the, the human you know fighting with the predator at the end. Like it was a little weird. Like yeah. I, I feel like they. I feel like they felt they couldn't get away with just having the predator fight the queen by itself without a human present. So they had to have some way to have the human involved. And I guess that's the best way they could have done it. But um, I mean, I almost would have preferred a more comic book approach where it was just, just, you know, no silence, no talking, no story, just the actual, just fight, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's a solid movie that gets a lot of hate, but um, because it's, kind of out of place now it ranked a little lower for me we've been talking about characters and we've been talking about these sort of like these ripley stand-ins right and um the next movie on our list has a bunch of characters that i think are memorable but not necessarily likable right and and, and one thing we we're talking about is how they are trying to get these women that are going to be like the ripley character and i've always found it to be real insulting because it's like i don't think you can compete with ripley I think you should go in a different direction. And so now, with that being said, with our final four remaining movies, now we're up to Ripley's story. And we're up at the very end of Ripley's story. And we're up to Alien Resurrection. Um, so this movie came out in 97. It was directed by Jean-Pierre Jeannette. Uh, and it was written by Joss Whedon. Now, I know there's some contention with that, that he he's the sole credited writer, but he was not the only writer on the film. Uh, so and, and I think he even distanced himself from it because he wasn't happy with the the final product. So there was a lot of meddling with this movie, um, and I felt, you know, watching this movie for the first twenty or thirty minutes, I thought it was just absolutely ridiculous. The um, <laughs> basketball scene was one of the most ridiculous things I have ever seen in a movie. And the it was mid nineties. The mid nineties had some epically weird basketball sequences in movies. See Escape from L.A. also in 1986. Right. Right. And I, I honestly wondered if in Prometheus, the, in, in one of the opening scenes where David uh, is just on the ship 
and he's like on a bicycle throwing a basketball. And I honestly wondered if that was in intended to kind of make fun of that or reference that in some way, but right. I'm not sure. Um, so in this movie, uh, it takes place 200 years in, uh, after the events of Alien 3. Um, Ripley has died, spoiler alert. And um, and I think it actually has a really good concept. I mean, uh, the, the entire franchise is essentially the company, uh, you know, Whalen Yutani or the Whalen Corporation at various points. Uh, and even though it's not that company in this movie, because they said they've uh, evolved uh, into something different. And I believe in the special edition, there's a joke about Walmart buying them out, <laughs> which I have to go check out and confirm because I watched the theatrical cut for this one. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the concept is great. It's just, they, you know, they, the company, uh, the, whatever company wants to make we weaponize the alien and they don't have it anymore. So they take some DNA of Ripley who they knew was, uh, had a queen inside of her, and they try to reproduce her uh, and clone her and, and, to, and clone the alien with it. And, um, you know, Ripley kind of comes out, and she's a little little weird um, and because she's like half alien now. And I think they, they, they could have made some uh, – like they didn't go all the way with it. They kind of like sat on the fence with it, how weird do they want this to get, but they didn't totally follow through it all, all, uh, all the way. Um, I feel like they, they had a real opportunity here to almost make Ripley a villain or make her a little bit more inhuman. So there are times where she seems exactly like the Ripley we know, and there are times she doesn't, and I feel like they should have chose one of those paths and stuck with it, and they didn't. Um, there are some very big names in this movie that are some very great character actors. This is like Winona Ryder is like the height of her fame. Uh, always great to see Ron Perlman in a movie. Yes. Um, uh, what what is the guy's name? He was the villain in The Crow. That, uh, oh, uh, I, oh, God. His name is Elgin in the movie. Um, Michael Wincott. Michael Wincott, yes. Uh, very distinct voice. I know he's not in the movie very much, but um, it, it, it has a cast of characters, but you're right. They're not likable. They're just isn't, not likable. Isn't Brad Dourif the mad scientist? Yes. Dur yeah. Yes. Oh, he's, he's a little creepy, especially at the end. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, and this movie makes some really weird, almost like sexualized choices towards the end, yep. and it, it's just weird. And um, and I, I I actually I ranked this sixth um, because I I enjoyed some of it. I enjoyed the effects of it. Um, I, it's still a space movie, and um, but it's weird. And I also got, and I think even Joss Whedon admitted to this that it almost seems very like Fireflyish. This oh yeah, tag tag group of uh, of you know uh, mercenaries just kind of doing jobs in space and uh, and I, I I mean Ripley almost felt like a precursor to uh, Tank. one of the scenes that I really liked in this was the scene where Ripley walks in and sees all the previous versions because I think I think she's the eighth one which again I wonder if David eight was uh, another nod to that mm, um, okay. And then she walks in and sees all these monstrosities. And it was that was actually a really well done scene. And it was probably one of the best scenes in the movie. And she just torches the whole place. And I love that scene. And that's where I kind of turned on the movie and I started to like it a little more. But um, ultimately, like, there's some weird stuff at the end. And, uh, and it's it's the worst of the, uh, the Sigourney Weaver movies by far. Yeah. Agreed. I, yeah. I, I like Brian. I had this at number six. Uh, I haven't, I've seen this the least by far of the original Sigourney Weaver films. This was my first watch yesterday. Wow. Okay. Uh, the first time I watched it. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. I, 
all I remember about this are like little moments, like the basketball scene, like um, carrying the guy on his back, Ron Perlman carrying the guy on his back, uh, Brad Dourif being really weird, and then the ending, which has one of the, another one of those head scratching moments where you're like, they showed this to people before they put it in theaters, right? Like nobody told them, nobody said, I don't know about the way this looks. It, it really, it, it, I mean, the, the, there's this weird, uh, what is it? Like there's an alien baby. Yeah. It's called the newborn. The newborn. So yeah, it's almost like an alien queen has a, uh, a human birth for an alien. Yeah. And it's real ugly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, but it also, it has this face that you can't, there's no way you can take it seriously. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how strong it is, what, that the fact that it's part xenomorph, you cannot take this thing seriously when you look at it. And anytime you're in the creature design business and your creature is universally laughed at, you have done just a, dirt shit job and I, I apologize to the to the people who i'm sure did a really ton of work making this thing but not a single person ever walked out of watching alien resurrection and went holy shit that monster at the end that was scary that was that was a great mo-. no we all universally laugh at this thing that's a problem with these post alien trilogy movies is that they try to evolve on the alien character, and it's only worked once. It's only worked with the queen. There's there's never been a thing that has been better, and they try to improve on a design that's pretty much perfect to begin with. Uh, I ranked Alien Resurrection as my number seven, so that kind of tells you how I feel about it. So now it comes down to what we really are wanting to see. Like, how do you guys rank Alien 3, Aliens, and Alien? I just watched, as I said, the, uh, the assembly cut of this, which is almost 30 minutes longer than the theatrical cut. And it is mind-boggling how different it is. Have you guys seen the assembly cut? No. So, uh, yes, that's the one I ended up re-watching a couple days ago. So I I had seen the theatrical previously, you know, back in the day. And uh, I I was just debating – I was debating whether to watch theatrical or the special editions because I have the, the, uh, the Alien Anthology, which has both versions for each of the first four movies. And I watched the actual for everyone except for that one because it's it seems to have the most of a difference and a positive effect on the movie compared to the others. So I think it has a positive and negative effect. There's, um, I mean, there's a lot more movie to it. I mean, it, and there's a lot of diff- It's not like one of those things where you know they used to do this on DVD when it first when DVD first started coming out. They'd be like, "Ooh, the director's cut," and it would like literally be one scene with like one extended line and you'd be like that that's it i just paid you know 29.99 for this Uh, (laughs) this is this feels like a totally different movie um everything from like the literal beginning of the film where uh ripley's ship crashes on the, the prison planet uh first the alien comes out of like a bowl in this one instead of a dog which it came out of in the theatrical cut so you guys remember in the theatrical version their plan is to basically run the alien through the the ventilator they did it 
They stop the alien. But the guy who witnesses, the, the prisoner who witnesses his two other partners get murdered and who's in the infirmary, he, uh, he, he actually knocks out one of the other prisoners kills another prisoner and opens the door to let the alien out and like is like praying to the alien thinking he's like maybe like a a god or the devil or something where like he spared him and he wants to like he he like opens the door and goes like what else do you want of me and of course the alien just runs out and kills him and the movie goes on um so there's that and then the the other major change uh, is the theatrical version ends with Ripley uh, doing, you know, the Terminator 2 ending and the alien bursts out of her and she grabs the chest burster to make sure it doesn't escape as she's falling into the the, uh, the lead. In this movie, there is no chest burster. She has the alien inside of her, but she just plunges backwards and goes into the fire and that's it. So, which kind of I, I like the original part the original beginning uh, ending better but overall it's a better movie uh, there's a lot more character development but I also think that a lot of times that character development uh, can get a little boring because how much do you need to know about these murderers and rapists on this prison world like, oh, yeah. they're basically there to be killed they're, like the movie says there's 25 of them on the planet. Only one guy lives at the end. So it's uh -huh. really like we're just setting up 24 victims here. Uh -huh. So we don't need these like long speeches. Charles Dutton is awesome in the movie as Dylan. Uh, uh -huh. He's like like the head, uh, almost like the priest character. Uh, and of course, Tywin Lannister uh, is actually has a romantic uh, uh -huh. scene with Ripley. Yes. Uh, which is very cool uh, and he was actually it, it's so hard to think of him as anything other than like because he plays such a great bad guy not only in game of thrones but in other other things but he was like a decent looking younger guy and he's like you know the doctor there and i remember watching this in the movie theater when i was 10 and when he got killed i was so upset yeah uh, yeah i mean the elephant in the room about alien 3 and we mentioned it earlier you know and and we said you know, with Covenant, this movie commits the cardinal sin of just wiping out the characters that we absolutely fell in love with in Aliens. Yeah. We yeah. fell in love with Newt, with Hicks, and with Bishop. Um, the, the, those, the, the two human characters are killed off screen, like in the literal opening credits. And uh bishop gets like plugged in for like one little scene later in the movie and it's so disappointing and also 1992 cgi effects <laughs> not not very good yeah. alien in some scenes looks great when it's right up close there's that wow. epic shot uh, of the alien coming in next to ripley yeah but a lot of times when the alien is any more than five feet away from a character, it looks terrible. Sure. I'm going to end up putting this fifth on the list yeah. because uh, I think that while Prometheus is very flawed, it's just a, a there. The things that are great about Prometheus 
are greater than, and I don't think there's a single thing in Alien 3 that's great. I think there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of fun stuff, but it's kind of like a, it's a big step back after, you know, obviously the first two. Uh, I had this at number four, and uh, and I and my 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 ranking is is really for the assembly cut because I, I don't remember the theatrical cut much at all because I I saw it, you know, in ninety two or ninety three or whatever that year was. Um, I, it it's a very just dour movie, and I I I like that it feels different. Like the first three Alien movies all feel very different. Um, you know, one is the, you know, claustrophobic space movie. One's like more of an action movie, and this is just a like a very sad downery movie. Um, you know, the characters are, we love, they're killed off. I kind of on one level understand it because I, I don't know what they would have done in this movie. Like, I, I don't know how their characters would have uh, improved the, the, the story that they decided to tell. But I feel like in its place, uh, I, I didn't think many of the characters were memorable. Yes, Dylan was great uh, and uh, Clemens was great. But other than that, I had a, I had a real hard time distinguishing all the other characters apart. I do like I do like Morse, who's the one guy who one ends guy up surviving, right. yeah. because he just he had such an emotive face, and he you know uh, Dylan makes the joke to him, Charles uh, Dutton makes the joke to him. He goes, "Oh, you're the guy who made a deal with God to have you live forever," and then he's the one guy that survives at the end. So for me, uh, Alien Three, I rank that as my number uh, five pick. I think what's going to come down to this is. Do you guys consider Aliens your number one pick or Alien? And for me, just the way I justify it is I I picked my favorite of the group, not what I think is the best movie. And so I'm just kind of curious, where would you guys rank Aliens? Um, I have it as my number one. And I I feel like it it, – I mean, both both movies are so great. Like they're – I think anyone watching any of these movies would agree that the first two are the best ones by far. I have them listed as one and one A. And, <laughs> and what's funny is, I, so Aliens was my number two. But then you said just now, I rank them by which is my favorite versus which is the best movie. And now I'm like, oh, well, if I had to watch one of them right now, I'd probably put aliens on and Brian and I were talking like there's characters in this movie that are on screen for like 35 seconds who I remember 30 years later. I'll say yeah. for the, for the sanctity of the list, I'll stick to my original guns and I'll say aliens is number two. Okay. Okay. So when I justify a movie by saying it's one of my favorites, I, and I've said this before on our shows, it's like when I'm excited because I know what scene is coming up, like, oh, this scene is next. Oh, and then it's this scene. And I'm just super excited to see the next scene. And that's what Aliens is for me. Now, Alien has that as well. But Aliens, I'm like, oh, it's this scene. And they're going to play this music. And they're going to say this. And the alien is going to look like this. And the special effects are going to look like this. Like, sometimes I see Aliens. And I'm like, I can't believe how good that looks for something that came out in... 1986. James Cameron, there's something about him where just his eye for special effects. His his stuff is always like light years better than everybody else, right? I'll put put Terminator 2 special effects against anything that's come out in the last 30 years. Look, uh, 
we we can make Avatar jokes all day, but when it and Titanic jokes also, but you know the guys made the two two of the biggest films of all time, and both of those movies are not even close to being his best two movies. His best two movies are sequels that he made to eighty to late seventies and eighties classics, Alien and Terminator. Those are his best two movies. Yeah. Yeah, very good point. And, and it's that, that whole thing. It's do you like Terminator 1 or Terminator 2 better? Do you like Terminator Alien? Two. Or, yeah, Terminator <laughs> 2. Right, but that's the whole thing, right? Is that some people might look at us and be like, oh, well, you're not that sophisticated. Or, well, fuck them, first of all. But but secondly, you know, it's just, it's so good. You know, it, and it's so much fun. And all of the characters are great. I mean, like every single shot is great. The dialogue too, like what the Marines say to each other is just so sharp. And and the, and the music, I think maybe the music is my favorite part whatsoever, because I think it's uh, James Horner did the music, right? Same guy that did, yeah, yeah he, he did Titanic and stuff too. Just, you know, incredible music. Like there's, there's individual lines of dialogue in this movie that I use almost every day. Like, yeah. I'll I'll be in an elevator and I'll be like, number one express elevator to hell, going down. And I'm like, <laughs> like, it, like people will look at me and I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, I grew up in the 80s. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and this movie, like, hurts my heart because, you know, I think of Bill Paxton. And, like, this is probably, if not his most memorable role, like, one of his most memorable roles. I, I think it is his most memorable. Absolutely, yeah. by far, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think one of the things that had me put had to uh, rank aliens above Alien was just the reaction that my son actually had, and I, I thought like it's not that scary of a movie, so I like maybe he can get away with watching this. I wasn't expecting to show him like eight movies, you know. But <laughs> I thought we were just gonna watch one, and that was gonna be it. But he was so invested in this movie. The number of times he would stop me and be like, "Dad, Dad, pause it. You have to tell me. Does this person live?" And he did that like four or five times with, with so many characters. And I had to spoil the movie for him because he wouldn't he wouldn't stop talking if I didn't. But like just watching his reaction to it added so much to this movie that I already loved anyway. So it, it, it just it, it's it's an impossible choice to pick between these two movies. But uh, yes, my favorite would would be Aliens. And I think if we were going between Terminator and Terminator Two, I think it's a lot easier to pick T Two over T One. It is to pick oh, Alien over Alien. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's funny. When I watched, and I think this is the horror fan in me talking, when I watched Alien and Aliens with Charlotte, Charlotte just really enjoyed Aliens. You know, kick back on the couch, popcorn, really enjoyed the movie, tons of action. Alien, she sat there with like a blanket over her head, like... And like, it's legitimately scary. And as a horror movie dad, I'm like, hee hee hee, yes. So uh, we finally made it. We made it to the first film in the franchise. We made it to Alien, which came out in 1979 and changed uh, science fiction and horror forever, right? And so um, for, I think all of us, well, Brian and I, it's our number two Alien movie, right? And for Danny, it's his number one. Um, for like a more in-depth review of the movie, I'm going to be talking about it with my wife, Sherry T. And actually, that probably was already released today on Alien Day. So go check that out on Anchor Pete. Um, but Danny, why don't you, as the horror guy, tell us why you can have horror in space and why this is the prime example of that. Yeah. I mean, 
basically, and it's been said before, <clears throat> Alien is is effectively a haunted house movie in outer space. You're basically it, it's a, a small cast of characters that you you instantly know, and you instantly you know you get to know these individuals. And then they're just stalked one by one by this thing that nobody had ever seen anything that looked like this before. Um, we have to, I don't think we've said his name yet uh, during this, H.R. Geiger or Giger. Uh, I don't know if, uh, which way you pronounce it. Guy, yeah. He, he designed one of, if not the most iconic monster alien in film history. And you know, like, you have to think about when this movie came out, 1979. What was the state of outer space movies at that time? This is two years after Star Wars, uh, a few years, you know, the, the 70s is dominated by, you know, Star Trek and Star Wars. And you have this movie come along, which is so totally different from any of that fun outer space adventure stuff. It's a crew of roughnecks who, you know, they, they, they're, they're dragged to this planet, the cinematography of the planet itself. And the, you know, the, I guess the engineer, uh, that whole, uh, tomb that he's sitting on that whole seat that he's sitting on that whole scene. When John Hurt goes in and sees the eggs for the first time, the chest burster scene is arguably in, in all of these films, the single scene that anybody would take away from the alien movies is the chest burster scene in the original. Right. And I, you know, you've made it when Mel Brooks has lampooned a scene, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, and, and just, yeah, I mean, there's, there's really not much to say. It's just, it's, it's the single, it's, it's a, one of the greatest monsters ever created it's the first time you see it it's the first time you experience it so one of them is enough to scare the living crap out of you it's a genuinely tense and scary movie uh with with that i mean here look we're talking about uh movies that you know covenant came out just a few years ago you guys are talking about video games that are still coming out this is the movie that started this. If this movie wasn't one of the best ones in the franchise, if it wasn't as great as it was, we wouldn't have just spent 90 minutes talking about this stuff. So, yeah. Um, so yes, horror can exist in space. Ridley Scott, Sigourney Weaver, they all proved it. H.R. Geiger proved it uh, back in 1979. Obviously, this is, movie is an absolute masterpiece. Um, and this is... I think my, my first exposure to Alien was, in fact, Spaceballs. I had not seen anything before. I didn't know what it was. But it ultimately made me seek out these movies. Um, and I think this movie kind of – we mentioned earlier in this recording uh, that, you know, we love science fiction movies and space movies. And this movie ignited my love of space movies. And it, it's like this, this gritty take on what life in space actually would be. It's like it feels almost realistic that – you know, people have to go in cryosleep and they have to eat this paste. And, you know, like I, I, I'm absolutely in love with the the weird 70s computer. Um, oh, my my smart speakers going off because my wake word is computer. Um, the, the, like the weird 70s computers like and it's like the, the set. I love it. Mother. Yeah, absolutely love how that looks. 
And I, because of this movie, I will watch any movie where people are on a spaceship the entire movie. Just because I love this movie that much. The, the whole aspect of the android, too, you know, with Ash. It's just so interesting because that's the last thing you're suspecting. You just think he's another crew member. And then you have this whole aspect where it's like, oh, no, besides these, this, like, super scary alien, there's also this crazy android that's trying to get the alien back to his company that he's working for. There's uh, Ridley Scott in the very first movie really made, like, he really puts, like, this very socio-political economic aspect on this franchise where, like, these are the most blue-collar, like, up until this, you would think that, like, anytime you saw people in outer space in a movie, it was, like, the elite of the elite. Not these people. These are just grunts. Like, there's a great scene where they're, like, arguing over, like, if we're going to that LV-426 planet, you need to give us extra money. We need more credits or else we're not going. And they're like, don't worry, Parker. You'll get your money. You'll get your share. And, like, like you, you appreciate that so much more when you're older and you work for a living. And you're like, yeah, I better get that extra money if I'm working overtime. And there, there's so much of that in there. And the fact that, like, Ash is the android. I remember, I think Charlotte got more scared by the Ash freaking out scene. And, like, when Parker hits him and his head separates, and she was just like, yeah, so we hope that you guys have enjoyed our rankings. Um, like I said, it's Alien Day, and there's alien videos on each channel. Ramblings in the Rod Pod, Anchor Peak, and The Lasser Cast. If you haven't subscribed to any of those three channels, go in the links below. Go in the description below, and you'll see links to each channel. If it, it it's 426, that means In Search of Darkness 2 uh, just debuted on Shutter today. And if you want to check out our interview with director David Weiner, it's up on our channel now. Really good almost hour-long interview with him. He's got some great insight about 80s horror. And if you love sci-fi, like I know we do here, uh, his next documentary, uh, you can go to 80sci-fi.com and you can get on the Indiegogo for In Search of Tomorrow. So there's that. Yeah, and Aliens, uh, we know, plays a part in In Search oh, of Tomorrow. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, well, gentlemen, it's been a blast talking to y'all, and we're going to see you guys real soon. So, wait, do you mean it's game over? Game, game over? Game over, man. That's game right. Over. <laughs>